Welcome to Transition Church Podcast, a place for growth and revelation. Thank you for tuning in. Now, your host, Paul the Lion Huntington. So my question to you is, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? So in, in, in the Bible, there's, there's things of, you know, where, where there's decrees. You know, when we pray, we say, I declare it and I decree it in Jesus' name. Now, the first word is decree. Now, what is decree? What does that mean? See, in order to say, I, I declare it and decree you got to know what you're doing. Dion knew what he was doing. He didn't only play football, he played baseball also. He played for the New York Yankees. Bo Jackson did the same thing, but it wasn't for the New York Yankees. They did things that they said they were going to do, and they did it. Two professional sports. Deion Sanders' mom always spoke over him. And that's why he became prime time. Because what he said, he did it. And people loved to watch what he did. So decree. Let's see. What's the definition of decree? In theology, predetermined purpose of God. The purpose or determination of an immutable being whose plan of operation is like himself, unchangeable. Meaning, when God says it, he means it, and that's him. That's him. He speaks him. How many of us speak us? Or how many of us speak our emotions? Sometimes we're like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to speak well, you know, that somebody asks you, well, how are you doing today? And I'm guilty of this. How are you doing today? How many of you, who, who in here has ever called in sick? Uh-huh. Yeah, right there. I'm going to tell your bosses. <laughs> called in sick, right? But you weren't sick. And then have you ever felt, start feeling sick later on in the day? Like, man, I think I am coming down with something. <laughs> right? Or if you say, you know, oh, I can't come in today, my stomach hurts. And you get off and like, <laughs> and then later on today, you're like, oh, man, my stomach does hurt. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't feel good. Why? You spoke it. There's power in your tongue. This power in this little flap of muscle right here between your teeth and you know—that's—that's that's power right there. It's what you speak determines on where you go. All this, a lot of us do a lot of flapping of the tongue. A lot of us say things and, and do things, and, and, and then we're like, I don't understand. You know, some of us say, well, you know, trouble just finds me. And lo and behold, what does the trouble do? Find you. Hey, how you doing? Oh, hey, trouble, how you doing? I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm always going to be in this type of lifestyle. I'm always going to have a poverty mentality. I'm always going to be in this, this type of place. I, I'm never going to make enough money. I'm, I'm never going to get a bigger house. I'm never going to. And we speak that. And then we wonder why we're still in the same predicament as we were before. Because we keep speaking it. It's about your tongue. God spoke the world into existence. He spoke light. 
He spoke the creation of the world. He spoke it. He's, he was telling us, look, this is what you can do. Then he told Adam, I want you to name all the animals. Adam spoke what those animals were. So just imagine just animals just sitting there not doing anything. And then Adam says, okay, you're a fish. And the fish starts swimming. You're a horse. And the horse starts running. You're an elephant. And the elephant does start doing what he does with his trunk and everything like that. He spoke it. You're a pig. And the pig's like, oh, cool. Where's mud? But the but he spoke it and those animals aligned with what he spoke. What are you speaking? What are you talking about? What is your conversations like? What are your conversations are about you? What are your conversations are about your spouse? What are your conversations are about your kids? What are your conversations are about your work? What are your uh, conversations are about your financial predicaments? What are your conversations about your life? What are your conversations about your relationship with God and others? What is it like? We want to go higher in God, but we always always say that we are only this this type of uh, atmosphere, or we're only this type of a person. We can't get any higher in God because we speak it. We we don't want to say because we feel like we're being selfish or you know prideful. You know. If we say you want, if you see somebody who's fanatic and all on fire for God, some of us has a problem with that. But they want more of God, so they say, God, I want more of you. And God's like, you can have more of me. And they say, I want even more of you, God. And they get crazier and crazier and crazier. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, can you say straight jacket, please? Because, you know, they're one of those type of people. You know what I'm saying? They're like me. They're like me. Crazy. Walk down the street and people want to cross the street and walk on the other side because Paul's walking down the street with a cross looking crazy with air everywhere. People driving down the road like, what in the world? And I'm walking down the street with a cross, afroed out, not caring. But I want more of God. My actions should match up to what my walk is, right? <laughs> Now, I'm not saying I'm perfect because, hey, I have my days. I had my day yesterday. But it's what you speak determines how far you go. It's not no hope. It's not no, well, maybe I hope it happens. So 1 Peter 3, 10 through 12. Summing up being agreeable, be sympathetic, be loving, be compassionate, be humble. That goes for all of you. No exceptions. No retaliation. No sharp tongue sarcasm. Instead, bless that's your that's your job to bless. You'll be a blessing and also get blessings. Whoever wants to embrace life, see the day fill up with good. Hear what you do. Say nothing evil or hurtful. Snub evil and cultivate good. Run after peace for all your worth. God looks on all this with approval. Listening and responding well to that he asks, but he turns his back on those who do evil. 
is what you speak. Speak blessing or cursing. Blessing or cursing. Now, how many of y'all had, in 2019, has been a good year? Raise your hand. Best year ever. Best year ever. Yeah. How many of y'all had a bad 2019? Worst year ever. So, man, she's like literally all this. Worst year ever. Even in the midst of trials and tribulations, you can still speak life. Is doing the opposite of what you feel. Saying the opposite of what you feel. Man, I feel scared right now, but I'm going to walk in strength and power. I'm going to, 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 to not let fear take me over. I'm, I'm, I'm going to speak it into my life. We speak life and death over our church. We speak life and death over our homes. We do. We can't blame anybody else. It's us. It's us. I, I'm speaking this right now. I declare and decree that this church is going to be filled. I'm speaking it. I'm speaking it into the atmosphere. That this church will be filled. To the point where we have to have more rows up in front. I'm speaking that. I'm speaking that drug dealers... Uh, uh, people who, who are dealing with uh, uh, drug using, um, uh, alcoholics, abusive people, all these type of people that nobody wants to talk to and be a part of, they're going to come in and they're going to get changed. This will be a place, a hub, where people come in, we disciple them, and we send them back out. Amen. I'm speaking that into existence. Amen. New life will bring new life to those out there. New life will not be a stagnant pond. Mm -mm. New life is going to be a running, rushing, chaotic river flowing with the love of God. I'm, I'm speaking that into existence. Amen. We're not a normal country, country church. We're not. We're not. We're a mega church in a country town. Amen. I'm speaking that now. Amen. We're a mega church in a country town. We're not the same like everybody else. Right. We're unique. And we're being put in a unique place. Amen. When people are coming from Dallas and Graham, who what they see first? New life. Amen. Wow, that's new life. Okay, all right. Because I'm speaking that over this church. This is who we are. We're not the same like everybody else. You're not the same. You're not. You're not called to live in poverty because Jesus lived in poverty so you don't have to. Jesus came down and he lived in poverty so you don't have to. You don't have to. Well, I can't ask for a bigger house because that's not, that's, that's prideful. No, it's not. Ask for it. Speak it. Ask for it. And it will come to pass. See, God said, I want you to pray. Pray for the big things and the little things. Pray for everything. So you tell me, where do, where, where's there a stop point in where you pray for? Where's there? He said everything. There's nothing that you shouldn't pray for. There's nothing you shouldn't speak. 
You want to speak power, then speak power, speak life. There's life and death in the power of the tongue. Life and death. So what are you speaking? What are you saying? And is your walk matching what you're saying? Or is this just a bunch of air that falls? Now, in the cold weather, what, um, me being from Colorado, man, I don't like cold weather at all. Man, I'm telling you, 10 below, 14 below. No, nah, that ain't cool. Uh-uh. <laughs> Outside, just... <sighs> I wish we didn't have a dog. <laughs> man. But it's cold, so when I breathe... You see by breath, right? And then it's gone. But when you speak, it goes and it keeps going. It doesn't stop. It keeps producing and keeps producing and keeps producing until you stop it. So if you spoke a poverty over yourself, if you spoke a, a lifestyle, I'm always going to be sick, or I'm, I'm always going to have this type of mindset, it keeps going, it keeps producing until you stop and say, no, I will not live in poverty anymore, I will not have this type of mindset, I will not have this type of sickness anymore, I will not, because I've been bought with the blood of Jesus, he paid the ultimate price for me, so I don't have to keep living this way, I don't have to keep thinking this way, I don't have to keep speaking this way, because I'm going to stop the very curse that I spoke over myself. Now, if, if I told somebody to come up here, and I had a big old tub of just nasty, gooey, gross, black, green, smelly stuff up here, how many of y'all would start rubbing that all over your body? You know, be like, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. That's, oh, my skin's going to be so cut. Yay. Well, hey, man, your skin's kind of peeling off. I know. It's, it's getting rid of old skin. No, you're hurting yourself. No, I'm not. Your hair's falling out. Oh, it's so good. Your teeth just fell out. Oh, it's so wonderful. How many of y'all would keep doing it? No. A lot of us would just come up and be like, oh, that's nasty. I'm good. Mm -mm. But we speak that very stuff over ourselves. Right. Over ourselves. We sabotage ourselves. We stop ourselves from progress. See, the devil speaks, but he's the father of lies, and we forget that. He is the father of lies, meaning there's nothing that comes out of his mouth but lies. And yet we decide to believe him and choose to believe what he says about us instead of what your father says about you, that you are a son, you're a daughter, you're not an orphan, you're in a family. You have been accepted. You have been bought with a price. The ultimate sacrifice was made for you. But we rather believe that you're dumb, and you're stupid, you're an idiot, you don't have no brains, you're just a slacker, and, and this, that, and the other. And we're like, oh, you're so right, devil. You're right. No. That's not it. That's not it. Lord God, I pray right now for this, uh, this message. I pray every wall that's been built, every, every chain, I pray right now that it will break in Jesus' name. 
I pray understanding and revelation. I pray alignment. Devil, the Lord God, rebuke you, we bind you, we cast you in dry place, never to return in Jesus' name. You have no power, no authority. Jesus Christ has all power and all authority. So I pray this now in Jesus' name. There's a man named Jabez. Now, how many of you ever heard of the Jabez prayer? Yeah? Jabez. His mom named him Jabez, meaning pain. Now, how many of y'all would want a name called pain? Oh, here comes pain. Ugh. Anybody want to hang out with pain over here? No, nobody wants to hang out with pain. Nobody likes pain. Nobody wants to be around pain. Nobody wants to friend request pain. Nobody wants to say hi. Want to be my friend? Pain? No, nobody wants pain. Nobody wants Instagram pain. Nobody wants to Facebook pain. Nobody wants nothing to do with pain. How many of y'all are done with pain? I'm pain. I'm done. Pain over. Yeah, his name was pain. And he was tired of his name. So he took out a step of faith. He said, God, bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory. Protect me from evil. And keep me from hurting others and hurting myself. Now that's a strong prayer. Now growing up, I was told that if I prayed this prayer, oh my goodness, hell is going to break loose and it's going to be a hard time. Don't pray that prayer. What? God bless me indeed. Don't pray that. Enlarge my territory. Oh, there's going to be a stretching and pulling. You're not going to like it. Wait a second. So I, all my life, I've been stopped by stopped not to pray that prayer because of those things. You know, people were scared of what would happen if I prayed that prayer. So finally, one day I got bold enough and I'm like, I'm going to pray that prayer. I'm going to do it. And I prayed it. And something happened. God started changing in my life. God started fixing things in my life. God started enlarging my territory. My influence got greater. Why? Because God listened. And he answered. If a child went to his parents and said, Dad, I need $5. Is it is the father going, like, no. I'm not going to give you $5 because I don't want to. No. The father would be like, yeah, I'll, I got you. Here, here's $5. A mom's not going to tell a child. Uh, if a child says, I'm hungry, a mom's going to be like, do what? You're a loser. Go sit on the couch. No. The, the mom's going to be like, here, let me get you something to eat. We stop our very success because of what we speak. We don't want to go any further in God because we don't want to speak it. Because it will make us uncomfortable. We don't want to do more for God because he makes us come out of our comfort zone. See, the thing is, God's not about making you comfortable. He's about your growth. That's what he's about. He's about your growth. So if, if you're growing, uh, uh, by you growing, it's you going to somebody that says, Jesus loves you, then you need to grow. If you have been keeping the God who is of creation to yourself, then I would happen to say that you're selfish. Because he's not a God just for you. He's a God for everybody. And everybody needs to experience his love. And if you're not sharing that love, then that's a problem, right? Yeah. 
If I had the cure to AIDS and I didn't share it with anybody, who would say I was, I was selfish? Anybody? Anybody be like, Paul, you're selfish. Right? If I had a candy bar and I, I didn't want to share with anybody, would I be selfish? Well, I wouldn't want to share with you, but everybody else, <laughs> I would be selfish. If I was the one who, who knows God and who knows his power and knows what he can do, and I kept it to myself. And nobody else gets to experience what I experience in God. I'm selfish. If I've been through trials and tribulations, if I've been through hurts and pains in my life and God has set me free and I kept it to myself, would I be selfish? Yes. Each one of us went through trials and tribulations. Each one of us been through something in our life. And God has set us free and changed us. And yet we don't want to share that with anybody else. Why? Because we're ashamed of what God did for us and what we dealt with. See, we, we think about what the, what the wrong that we did. We don't think about God's saving grace afterwards. We don't. So let's, 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 let's break this down. Okay. When I was growing up, I dealt with a thing called pornography. I dealt with it. Oh no, you can't say that in church. I'm going to say it in church, okay? So get get ready. I dealt with that. I dealt with one of the most addictive type drugs you could get a, you get your hands on, and it's free. You don't have to really pay anything for it. It's out there. I dealt with it, but God set me free from it. He changed my mindset. I used to think a woman's supposed to be a certain way, talk a certain way, be a certain way, act a certain way. I thought that's the way it's supposed to be. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. God took my mind, changed it, and let me see clearly what his daughter was like. What she was supposed to be like. Some women are addicted to pornography and they think a man's supposed to be this way. No. Change your mindset. God has to rewire your mind, take the filth out, and put purity in so you can see the sun the way that God created the sun to be. Now, see, if you're dealing with that, the thing is this, you, there's, there's things that you can do. There's, there's things on, that you can put on your computer to, to keep you off of that. There's, there's, there's being accountable. There's those things. But you're building a wall to keep you from messing up again. But why, who would want to share that? Who would want to share that? Some of us, we you know, kind of make fun of AA or NA or whatever, you know. You know, hi, my name is Paul and I'm an alcoholic. Oh, hi, Paul. I'm not going to do that. I'm not saying that I am. I'm not claiming that. That's not my title. Hi, my name is Paul and I'm the son of the living God. See, I just broke freedom over my life. Hi, my name is Paul, and I'm a child of the living God. Hi, my name is Paul, and I was been bought by the Son of, of God. Yeah. Hi, my name is Paul, and I'm owned by God. Yeah. Right. Hi, my name is Paul. I've been made and owned by God. See, you're claiming and you're putting things on you. What are you speaking? 
when we go through trials and tribulations that we, yeah, whoa, when we, when we put through trials and tribulations and we put ourselves through those things, there's a scripture that says, you know, God won't give you too much that you can't handle. I always mess that scripture up. You know what I'm saying, right? What's that scripture? God can't, won't give you any more than what you can handle, right? Something like that. Paraphrasing. But the thing is, is you put yourself in there. God didn't say, hey, you can handle this. No, you put yourself in that predicament and God's going to help you out of it. But the thing is, is his will gives you things that you can handle. See, the will of God will never place you where the grace of God can't keep you. Maybe I said that a little bit too fast. The will of God will never place you where the grace of God can't keep you. So if I'm in the will of God and I'm doing what he's saying and I'm speaking what he's telling me to speak, I'm in his will and his grace will sustain me. His grace will fortify me. His grace will keep me safe. See, we went to Pakistan. Wow, what a crazy trip. Pakistan, where you can walk down the street and you say, Jesus, people will be like, okay, you're dead. Let's kill him. And they could kill you right there. Because they have the right to. Because you blaspheme Allah. Even if you didn't blaspheme Allah, if you say you're a Christian, they're like, oh, blaspheme, and they could kill you right there. And me and my lovely wife and Miss, your wife, decided to go to Pakistan. Now, straight off the bat, that there's stuff that happened where I couldn't get my passport. And I'm like, oh God, I guess I'm not going. I guess I'm not going. The day of, I would say the day before, I'm like, okay, well, my passport's not here. I don't know what's going to happen. What's going to happen? And my wife, with faith, said, let's go. Get in the truck. We're going to drive to Houston. <laughs> okay, here we go. So we get in the truck, and we drive all the way to Houston to the building where they have the passport. And guess what? I walked my little happy butt up there, and they said, uh, sir, we don't have your passport. We can't give it to you. Sorry. And I walked my sad butt back to the truck. And my wife goes, no, go back up there. <laughs> I tried to explain, well, I didn't want to. I gave her an excuse that I could. She goes, go back up there. <sighs> so I slowly walked back up the stairs to the, to the place where my passport is. I stood in line another two hours, and I'm waiting there, and I'm like, okay, the plane's leaving tomorrow, and I need to be, what am I going to do? Oh, great. And then I'm standing there, and I get um, the next one up. I said, uh, well, I'm here to get my passport. My name is Paul Huntington. And right behind the lady, a fax came out. And she goes, oh, excuse me, hold on. And she takes the fax. She looks, and she goes, here you go. Here's your passport. I'm like, wait, What? And I was standing there, and I was like, start shaking with my passport in my hand, like, what just happened? Oh my gosh. Amen. Lord, I guess I'm going to Pakistan. And my wife's like, what's wrong with you? I got my passport. And I was just blown away, went all the way home. Got home, didn't sleep, packed my stuff, and then ate, uh, well, eight hours, so... When I got my passport, I had eight hours till we were about to leave. I got here, packed. We went to the airport, and we went to Pakistan. But then God started doing miraculous things. 
Paul, speak this. There's a time where we're at this church and you see all these children. And God's like, just look at them. Don't do anything. Don't say anything. Just look at them. Now, I could be like, what am I supposed to do just looking at them? That's weird. God, they're going to think I'm creepy. This guy, you're going to look at them like, hey. And the kids are like, mom, help me. This guy's weird. I don't know if he's ministering or he's just weird. So I just looked at him. And kids started just getting weak and started falling. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. Yeah. And kids fall out. You know, I started playing with it like it was cool because it was. We would like to take a brief break from this episode with a word from our sponsors. Welcome back as we continue with this episode. People were getting delivered. Demons were coming out. It was awesome. Because I did what my father told me to do. I spoke what he told me to speak. I stood the way he told me to stand. I, I walked the way he told me to walk. There was a time where we got out of the car to go minister. And there was three or uh, four gunmen coming this way. They had big old guns. And I'm like, and I grabbed Edie's hand. I was like, well, I guess this is it. Well, I guess I'm going to be a martyr for Christ. Here we go. And, and they're like, oh, hey, bud. Where were your security? Oh, thank God. We're not going to die. Great. I'm alive. Thank Jesus. But it's to take that step of faith. To go to Belize and be in the middle of a hurricane for eight hours. That's some fun stuff. Yeah. That's an awesome story. So... We're like going and 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 Yudi and me were uh, in our room and they said, "Well, there's a storm coming. There's a hurricane coming. If it gets really bad, we'll come get you." I'm like, okay. So we're like on the other side of the of the base, I guess. It's like across a soccer field. So we're way out there in this house. And so you know, we the clouds started to get dark. We're like, all right, cool. So we go in there and everything like that. Nighttime. And all of a sudden, I felt my fan shut off. I'm like, what's going on? And then I felt the roof of our, our well, the place we were staying, lift up and slam back down. And I'm like, oh. And Yudi's like, <laughs> she, she's, she's sleeping. And I'm like, okay, all right. So I, I, I get out a flashlight, and I'm checking the roof inside, the ceiling, like seeing if there's any cracks or anything like that. And the roof's about to fall in on us. And so I'm looking there for like that, and I'm like, okay, I didn't see nothing. And so I like literally went back in our room. As soon as I clicked off the flashlight, I heard banging on the door. Opened the door. It was Pastor Brandon and uh, a friend of ours. And he was like, <laughs> that friend, his name, his last name was Tuttle. He was like, like all scared. And I'm like, what the heck? And then Pastor Brandon's like, come on, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go now. I'm like, okay. So I wake up Beauty, and Beauty starts. You know, has my raincoat on, and she starts stuffing it with pillows and snacks and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, we gotta go. And she's like, hold on, babe, hold on. And she's like getting snacks and everything like that. So she's like, zip it. So it's like literally like out here, and she's like ties it all tight and everything like that. And I tie her hood. Now, this is as much as she can see in the hood. That's it. I tied it, you know, you know how you wrap your child up, and you're like, you're not gonna get caught at all. You know, and so she was like this. And so we walk outside and I literally you see the lightning flash and you see tree trunks being drugged, like blown across the, the, the soccer field. And you see water and leaves and everything going crazy. And I'm like, OK. And then drone rush just kicked in. 
I'm like, all right, here we go. I grabbed Yudi and literally I lifted her up and I'm running as hard as I can. And Yudi's going like this. She's not touching the ground. She's going like this. And I'm running, I'm running. And you see a light in the distance. And a brand, Pastor Brad's like, go towards the light. And I'm like, okay. And no, I'm running. I mean, hit, getting hit with just leaves and everything. Wind slapping me in the face. And Yudi's like, and I'm like, oh, oh, oh. and I'm like, literally lift her up, just going. We get there, okay? I'm still outside, okay? Yudi goes inside, and everyone's like, is, how bad is it out there? And she's like, oh, it's not that bad. <laughs> and so I walk in, and I'm drenched. Leaves are plastered to me. I look like I was rolling around in mud and all this, and I walk in. She goes, oh, babe, oh. And I'm like, not that bad, huh? And she was fine. That's faith. We knew we were okay. When you know God is going to be there with you, you're able to speak to the storm. Me and Pastor Bradley were having bets on which tree was going to fall. Okay, I got a bet on that one. Watch, that one's going to fall. Okay, all right, pay up. Pay up, man. Pay up. I mean, that's, that's where, where you could look at a storm and have fun with it. And we were in the middle of a hurricane. But it's what you speak. You can speak a hurricane in your life, or you can be the hurricane in your life. You can do one of the two things. You can be the thing that's actually controlling and destroying the things that needs to be destroyed in your life, or you can have something destroy your life. Pornography could have destroyed my life, but I destroyed pornography in my life. What are you speaking? What are you talking about? Every time Deion Sanders was on defense, he's like, yep, yep, yep. I'm going to get it. 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 Told you. And he takes off running, right? And the wide receiver's like, how'd you do that? He spoke it. He spoke it. What are you speaking in your life? What are you speaking? Your business could be the biggest Business in Breckenridge, if not Texas. If you speak it, this church can reach so many people if we speak it. Because when you speak it, God tells you to walk it out. Because you're just obeying Him. So if I say, okay, God, give me a word, God gives me a word, I speak it and then I walk it out by speaking to them. We're waiting for a prophet, a, a preacher, or a teacher, or, or a visiting pastor to come to us and speak something into our lives when we can speak it into our lives already. We have that power. Being a servant of God, it doesn't mean that I have a different caliber than everybody else. No, I have my own position where God put me. That's where I'm at. That's what I, the race that I'm running. Doesn't mean that I'm better than you. Doesn't mean that I'm more anointed than you. No, I'm just in my own race. But we're too busy picking and choosing and saying, hey, you're more anointed than me, so I got to be like you. No, I need to be like him who has all the anointing. And I'm going to speak what he tells me to speak. And Jesus said, he goes, you will do far greater than me. Wait, wait, you do far greater? He spoke it into the existence. He said, Juanita, you can do far greater than me. <gasps> what? 
And then we're like, yeah, right, Jesus, you're funny. <laughs> funny guy over there in the Bible. <laughs> Crazy. No. We should take it more as a challenge. Uh, I'm going to do far greater than you, Jesus? <laughs> challenge accepted. Here we go. All right. You don't have no hand? God, I pray for his hand. You said far greater than you, Jesus. Come on. Let the hand come. Now, this is for you, Max. <laughs> All right, my brother, um, he's an awesome man. He loves children's ministry. And there was a time where he was dealing with depression. And um, when he dealt with it, now this part doesn't relate to you, but the next part does. He was dealing with depression and he, he shoplifted something from a store and he got caught and he felt so guilty and scared of what my mom would say to him that he decided to take his own life so what he did was he took gasoline drenched the inside of his car drenched himself and lit himself on fire he burned and realized the pain and he jumped out and started rolling around in the snow thank god for snow but he had uh, four, five, wait, second, third, and fourth degree burns on his body, 85% of his body. He died twice on the operating table. And so he had like four tubes coming out of his back. And they were like draining blood and mucus and whatever was coming out of him. And he's laying there and he had a, a trach, so trach, in his throat. And so when I came, they, I heard the news. It was on the news and everything like that. My parents called me. They told me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, are you serious? Paul, you need to come. I can't come right now. God won't let me. What? What do you mean God won't let you? He won't let me. He told me I can only leave when he tells me to. And I'm waiting for him to tell me. Weeks went by. Weeks went by. A month went by. And I'm like, God, I need to go. But God's like, you can go now. He provided a way for me to go. So I went to his hospital room, and he's sitting there, gauzed up, burnt up, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Now, this is the brother that I, I raised. I was doing homework holding him. I was feeding him. He was with me 24-7. To see him on that bed, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is wrong. God, what's going on? And God's like, just speak life into him. Okay, God, I'll speak life. I'll speak life. So every time he opened his eyes, he sees me, and he couldn't say anything, but he, that's all he could say. And I'm like, hey, it's okay, I'm here. I'm here. I stayed there every night with him, except one night. I stayed. And God says, speak life to him. There was a point where he was wide awake, and I said, we're going to surrender. And his name is Jamesy. Jamesy, we're going to surrender. So I said, okay, just repeat after me. Say, God, and he mouthed it, God. And I was like, I'm done. He goes, I'm done. I quit. I quit. I give up. I'm through. I no longer own me. You own me. Teach me. Guide me. Show me what you want me to do, and I'll do it for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, I surrender. And he mouthed that. Nothing was coming out of his mouth, but he mouthed that. After he did that, my mom came and... He goes, she goes, well, go home, go home, 
you can sleep in James's room. I was like, okay, cool. So I went in his room, and God said, clean his room. I'm like, what? He goes, clean his room. I'm like, okay. Now, the doctors told him he'll be in there for two years. That's just him healing. Three years for him to actually be able to move around in there for like that. When God told me to clean his room, I was like, why? And he goes, he's coming home. Clean his room. I'm like, okay. So I cleaned his room. When I got back to the hospital, I said, you're going home. And he looked at me and I said, you're going home. Your room's ready for you. You're going home. So I stayed there for a week. I left. Two weeks later, he was home. Two weeks later after that, I think a month after that, he was actually dancing. He loves to dance. And he did a, a talent contest. See, he was supposed to be in the hospital for two years and then rehab for another year. Uh-uh. He was literally dancing and doing all that. Why? God spoke it. He spoke it. You're going home. You're going home. Amen. What? My mom, no, no, he has a long time, a lot of recovery and all this stuff. No, he's going home. Saying that with him having tubes in his back and drank and everything like that, being that big around, oh yeah, he was going home. And he came home. And now he's a walking miracle. Nobody can understand it. Nobody knows. Well, why did he get healed so fast? God. But we'd rather not speak it. We'd rather not speak a miracle in existence. If somebody's dealing with AIDS, we do, that's too big of a thing. We don't want to say, hey, you're healed. No, that's too scary because what if it doesn't happen? No, speak it. Speak the opposite of what the devil tells you. Oh, you're not going to have enough money for the rest of the month. No, I'm going to have more than enough for the rest of the month. And everything is going to be all right. It's what you speak, the power of your tongue. Speak it. Speak it. Speak life. Speak it. If you're dealing with a sickness, talk to the sickness. Uh, hi, uh, you're not supposed to be in there anymore. I'm going to ask you to leave, please. You're going to have to vacate this premises. Thank you. Speak it. See, we're, it's easy for us to pray for other people, but Jesus said, by his stripes, we are healed. He said, you are healed, and you speak that. It's, it's a small three-letter word, are. It's now. See, if I say you were healed, that's past. If you're going to be healed, that's future. But Jesus said you are healed, A-R-E, meaning now, right this second, you're healed. And yet we have, when we pray, we're like, uh, if it's God's will, we pray healing over your body. Wait, what? If it's God's will. No, that's a sugar cone saying, I hope it happens. No, you are healed. Done. Cool. See you later. But you didn't do a proper prayer. You tell me the proper prayer for healing. Jesus said, by your stripes, you're healed. You're healed. Done. Cool. Yeah. All right. See you later. Yeah. Because it's done. Whatever on earth as it is in heaven. Sickness in heaven? No. Poverty in heaven? No. Craziness in heaven? No. Peace in heaven? Yes. Love in heaven? Yes. Blessings in heaven? Yes. <laughs> Speak that over your life.
You have blessing and curses. We rather take, pick curses because we want to have a pity party with other people. Uh, look what happened to my hand. Leslie, look at it. You feel sorry for me, right? Oh, you're laughing at me. What a jerk. See, she's laughing at me. I know, that's mean, right? But no. Uh, Leslie, check this out. I just got blessed. Check this watch out that I had for like 10 years. But still, it's a nice watch. I got blessed with it a long time ago. Is it nice? Right? It's cool, right? We should be sharing on the blessings instead of the curses that are happening in our life. We should be sharing about what God is doing in our life instead of what the devil is destroying in our life. It's easy for us to complain and murmur and say, this is happening. Our town's like this. Our, our house is like this. Our school's like this. This, 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 this. And instead of saying, uh -huh, our town is being blessed by God. Our school's going to change upside down. Uh, the kids are on fire for God. Our church is growing in a phenomenal big way and God is doing marvelous things. He likes that. He likes being grateful. He likes us to, to, to be thankful. A thankful heart is what he's talking about. Speak thankfulness. God, I thank you. I thank you that this church is going to be filled. I thank you. I thank you that every person who's sick in here right now is going to be healed. I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that, that we are going to be blessed to be a blessing. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for my home. Thank you, God, for my shoes. Thank you, God, for my clothes. Thank you, God, for everything you've done for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See, I'm speaking thankfulness. And God's like, I love it. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. Thank you, God. Thank you for my glasses. Thank you that I can see. Thank you, Lord, that I have a phone. Thank you. I mean. Thank you. Thank you for my truck that looks crazy. Thank you, God. When your truck messes up, do you say, oh, God, oh, great. What did I do wrong? No, God, thank you. Thank you for my truck messing up. Why? Because I get to see you work a miracle. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you for my job that I don't like my boss because my boss is a jerk, but thank you. And you go to your boss, thank you. What are you thanking me for? Because I want to say thank you. Get away from me. Okay. Thank you. Walk off, right? Thank you. Thank you that we got food in the refrigerator. Thank you. I don't like you, but I thank you for it. Thank you. Have a heart of thanksgiving. Speak thanksgiving in your life. Just like Jabez said, God, bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory. Enlarge my territory. My, uh, 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 what do I say? Uh, 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 my influence on people. Enlarge that. Keep me from evil, but keep me from hurting others and hurting, or hurting myself. Bless me, God. You're not being prideful. You're not Mr. Almighty or anything like that. Bless me, God. Let me to be a blessing. Please, God. Bless me. When I talk about the, how my truck and, and my wife's car, people are like, oh, you're just showing off. No, God did, God did it. The house that we're in. Oh, you're just showing off. No, God did it. It was definitely not by us. We'd probably be living in a cardboard box. If it was me and my strength, I'm nothing without God, but I'm everything with God. Why? Because of God. 
We only have the things that go in the church that we go on. Why? Because of God. We only have the jobs that we have. Why? Because of God. It's not because Paul's all cool and everything like that. I wish. No. It's because of God. What are you speaking? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Because if you talk about blessings of what God's done, you could literally dance like him all the time. God, he did some awesome stuff. I'm telling you, and it's a slam on the devil's face. Or we could just walk around. It's what you speak. Speak over your home. Speak over your spouse. Speak over your life. Speak over your family. Speak over your job. When you go to your work, God, you're going to move in a powerful way in this job. And people are going to look at you like you're crazy. But nope, God is going to fall in this place. Watch. God's going to turn the school upside down. Revival is going to hit the school. Watch. Watch. Revival is going to hit this town. Watch. Watch. God's going to shake up our church and, and literally blow the, the walls off. Watch. Watch. Speak it. Speak it. So everybody understand what you're talking about, right? What you talking about? What you talking about? I kind of got that little Texas accent. What you talking about? I mean, that's how black people sound in Dallas, so. How, can y'all believe it that when I was working in Dallas, I worked at the Redbird Mall or the Southern Southwest Mall or whatever in Oak Cliff or around Oak Cliff area off Camp Wisdom, I think it was. I worked in that mall at GNC, which is funny because the GNC is right here and then the cookie store is like right next door. And people come with cookies and, yeah, I need to get on a diet. Well, don't go over there. So I was working there, right? And I had braids and all this stuff. And I had a full grill. I'm talking about golds all in my mouth, top and bottom, 12. Just bang. So I'm like, hi. And everybody's like, ooh. Either you didn't brush your teeth or something's going on in your mouth. And, you know, I tried talking like to the guys, black guys down there. Hey, what up? Hey, man, what's going on? Hey, cook, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? You know, and all that stuff. So. So I'm gonna try it again. So you know what I'm talking about. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Are you talking about the treasures in heaven? What are you talking about? Are you talking about being his son? What are you talking about? Are you talking about being his daughter? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Are you talking about your family's gonna be saved and all fire for God? What are you talking about? Are you driving one of his blessings? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Every time I go into the jail, everybody's like, oh, Paul, man. Man, I like your shoes. And I was like, $30. What? Yeah, $30. No, it's a blessing. <laughs> blessing to buy Jordans for $30 when they're actually 200 some odd dollars. $30. Blessing. Oh, Paul, man. Oh. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. <clears throat> You walk to show God's blessing so you're able to bless. It's a blessing. It's a blessing to walk in freedom. It's a blessing to walk with the understanding that your son, your grandson's coming home. Yeah. Like, is he home? Well, look at that. Wow. 
He might do something. I'll tell you. Watch. Watch. He didn't go through that for no reason. Hey, guys. I just got burned. And uh, God loves you. What? See the scars? I'm living because of God. What? When they see my brother, they're like, what? He has all his scars and everything. And when he tells them the story, what? You didn't. How? What? Why would you? How could? I'm here because of God. God's not done with me. I even try to take myself out with gasoline. Hey, guess what? I'm still here. And the crazy thing in that car fire, the only thing that really didn't get burned was the Bible. The whole car was engulfed. And he still has that Bible now. What are you speaking? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you talking about your grandkids? What are you talking about? What are you talking about your pastor? What are you talking about? Hmm? What are you talking about your youth pastor? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Man, he crazy. He tatted up and everything like that. I just disagree with tattoos. He's just, it's okay. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Is it all, is it okay to be right, or is it? Is it a, did call, God call you to be right? No, He called you to love. We have this agenda of gays and all that stuff and all that going on. Are we going to pick it how we're right? Or are we going to pick it how we love? Right. Love. Well, I, I'm gay. It's okay. I love you. I have a gay uncle. I love him. God told me to give him a word. I gave him a word. And tears running down his face. He goes, I have never felt that before. So I'm like, well, there you go. Love. Love. There's, there's plenty of pain. Don't worry about that. Love. Love. If you have family members who are in sin, love them. It's not God's threats that brings us to repentance. It's his kindness. I'm going to break your heart if you don't become right. A lot of us be like, oh, if you don't get right, you're going to die. You know, I'm like, geez. Wow, really? Hell awaits you. You got to sell there with gasoline pants on. I'll be like, wow, we're speaking that over our kids. No, no. God loves you. He loves you even the way you are right now. I love you. You're still my son, but man, I would just want to slap you into the next room. But hey, I love you. I love you. Sometimes I don't like you, but I love you. That's I love you. I don't like you, but I love you. <laughs> if it was Dallas, right, it would be a different story, right? See, look at this guy. Bling, blue and white. This guy. It's love. Love transforms everything. There's a hurt in Breckenridge. Love, love, love them. Love them. You need to judge them. It's okay. Love them. They're smelly, weird, doing the living lifestyle that you don't approve of. Let me ask you to approve them because you're not their boss or manager. You're not God. Love them. He'll say what he approves and what he does not, and he'll work on them. You're not the approval stamp. Love them. Speak love. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Let's bow our heads.
Dear Father, thank you for today, Lord God. Thank you for the message that you spoke to them, Lord God. I ask you that you just minister to them, Lord God, and let this message sink in. And let them understand and realize what they're talking about. Whether they're speaking life or death, Lord God. I ask you that they will speak life. Speak blessings over others. Speak blessings over themselves. As Jabez prayed, prayed, I pray over them. Lord God, bless them indeed. Enlarge their territory. Enlarge their territory. Protect them from evil and keep them from hurting others and hurting themselves. Make yourself more present in their life than ever before. Let them be a walking, radiant beam of your love to those around them. Any spirit of judgment, sarcasm, whatever. Lord God, we, we shut it up now. And we ask you that you'll help us to walk in love. Let them have a blessed week. And we pray safety over them. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening to Transition Church Podcast. Don't forget to comment, subscribe, and share this podcast with someone you love.